TV drama podcast. I'm Scott, and joining me to put a big old bow on 2022, well, first, the man who started all with me way back when, the Igor to my Victor, as I'm the O'Brien to his Richter, it's Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, hi, how, how are you doing? And I'm just so you know, I'm only wearing a big old bow right now, nothing else. <laughs> Nude podcasting, and it's a video call, so well, you know, well, hopefully we're not recording this for YouTube. Just so the ladies and certain gents out there know, it apparently looks like a very big bow, so I don't know if there's overcompensating or not there, but well done there, Dan. And a very pasty white, white, very, very <laughs> white body. Maybe you should be the O'Brien and I'm the Richter, considering our, our physical types now. <laughs> Actually, that make a lot more sense the more I think about it. Anyway, we have someone else here finding her way back to our lowly little podcast from whence this Picasso of puss painting sprang. We have Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Hey guys, it's that time of year again when I realize I watch too much TV. Oh, that, do, 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 you, do, you, do you look back and go like, my life, what have I done? <laughs> I have zero complaints. Nah. Time well spent. Um, we would also normally have been joined by Brian, um, but unfortunately Brian has going through some stuff. And in order to make up for it, he has started um, an OnlyFans account, uh, last we checked. Um, it's weird, though, Dan, because his OnlyFans account, he's basically sitting by a fire, yeah. <laughs> strumming a guitar, you know, singing songs about some sort of medieval nonsense. <laughs> and, and also, and his, uh, his, only, his top subscriber is Theon Greyjoy, who plays $100, pays $100 a month to watch him. So. <laughs> Oh, you know, you you, you got to do what you got to do, you know. <laughs> anyway, so although Brian is not here physically, because like I said, he's, you know, he's he's showing it off there on the OnlyFans. Um, he will be here in spirit and we will at least include his top 10. And yes, that takes me to what this podcast is all about. We are here to go over our picks for the best of 2022. Now, this was a tumultuous year for some of us here. Brian, who's not here, and, and not a pleasant one either for some of us. It was a year that had all those twos in it, and the year could actually be categorized as a big steaming pile of number two. But if this year had any saving graces, as Jamie just hinted at, it was the offerings we got from the world of television. From broadcast to cable to streaming, there were dozens of good to great series to watch this year. And also, everybody out there, I say it every year, no matter how many shows we might mention and cite here, there's always going to be some that are going to say, hey, where's so-and-so? There's always going to be that show you're thinking of that either just didn't make the cut for one or more of our lists, or even more likely, for one, two, or all three of us, we simply didn't get around to seeing it, because there's too much stuff to watch. So... Before we get into our respective countdowns and beyond, I wanted to toss a question to each one of you. So first, I'm going to start with firing a straight-down-the-middle fastball to Dan, squatting behind the plate over there. Now, Dan, I know in the recent years you haven't watched nearly as many newer current shows. Uh, I think last 
year you popped in mid podcast and you did a top 10, you know, with respect to our top 20s. And I think you didn't appear on the best of 2020 podcast, but you're here tonight. Yeah. You're doing a top 20. Um, I I know it was a little bit, I know it was a bit of a strain from our conversation earlier, but still I was wondering, did you find there to be simply more enticing or interesting things that made you want to watch this year? Or did you simply just have more time and you didn't feel like rewatching some of your older favorites as you often do? Uh, or, or is it a little bit of, of a mix of the two? Yeah, well, I still had time for the older favorites as I rewatched Twin Peaks with my daughter, Mindhunter with my daughter, Hannibal with my daughter. I'm watching <laughs> Star Trek and Cheers. And uh, I'm watching what you would expect of me. But um, for whatever reason, it just ended up being the kind of year where just there were shows where I would hear something about from the right people, not just like, the, like, hey, we're all friends. We're all going to watch this show, like, because, like, not because it's good, but just because we're watching this show, you know, some kind of weird hive mind thing, which is the reason I didn't watch Ted Lasso until, like, this last year, which, you know, it's a great show, but I don't, I don't like to be part of the, uh, whatever but they just there ended up being just just a fair amount of shows that i was hearing you know kind of good stuff about and a lot of shows that aren't super long seasons and before you know what i found myself to be watching enough shows to make a top 20 even though in often years it's hard for me to get to a top 10 so just yeah just uh they i mean it's it's almost like uh, like the streaming streaming tv is like having a there's a lot of really good shows on now and a lot of stuff I just haven't gotten around to watching, but I mean, it's just, there's a lot of good stuff to watch. And if there's quality there, I'm going to be drawn to it. And, uh, so, yeah, I, I like the idea. Um, especially cause I know you finally got into Seinfeld within the last year or so. So you know how George always said, if he was a porn star, his name would be buck naked. I think your nickname for the podcast should be buck trends because there's some, there's a trend or something to watch. Like, no, no, that's not going to be me. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna rail against that. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna go my own goddamn way, which yeah. is usually not always, but usually admirable about you. Yeah, I'm not, you know I'm I'm not a joiner. You know I'm not going to be deliberately obstinate, but I just you know I want to watch stuff for the right reasons. And it's like you know I'll wait till John Hamm recommends it. And I'm not going to just do it. I'm like and Yoko wants likes it. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Uh, it was funny that. Um, the last day or two of 2022 and now, and now we're in 2023 as we're doing this podcast, I actually didn't want to watch any more series from 2022 because my list was set. I, I didn't want to add anything more to it even you know, back. So I finally went back and started watching something from like a few years ago that I've been procrastinating about for, and I, I, I looked up on our Facebook page. I was like, Oh, look, I've been talking about getting, getting around to watching the show for the last three years. Oh, now I'm watching it, which was, um, uh, Narcos Mexico, apparently. Um, and now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to watch this kaleidoscope show. Cause I keep reading all these articles about the different ways to watch it. So it's going to take me an hour to figure out which, which, which order I should watch them. In. <laughs> but, um, but I think I know the order I'm going to watch them. In. I'm very excited about it. All right, I know. Jamie, I have one for you. Yes. Too. Now, I know, I mean, and, and by the way, beyond what I'm going to ask you, feel free if you want to weigh in about your overall view of TV or anything else you want to say here, because, you know, because I am going to give you a, a shit ton of setup here. Now, I know that you're a major fan of reality com- competition series, because we're both Survivor fans and The Amazing Race. You're a big brother believer as well. And that's where a lot of your other podcasting um, stuff you've been doing this past year has been talking about shows like that. Now, I've known that there's always an, an almost absurd amount of chatter on social media 
about the edits of shows. Uh, specifically Survivor I'm talking about. I, I, I imagine they say about Big Brother 2, perhaps. But I know it's more about Survivor. Because the edits always help form a narrative about certain players. Which is kind of like saying it helps to clarify a character arc. Which is why I think a lot of people seem to get upset when the results of a season don't seem to line up with the edit that they had been watching. Which is like saying the ending doesn't fit the story that you're being told. So it, I was thinking about this. It struck me to some degree that maybe without even realizing it, maybe it's a subconscious thing, that you're if you're used to watching um, like a scripted or serialized drama... Are we, are you then, therefore applying that to the way you watch a show like a survivor? Do you, do you think you're doing that consciously or, or not? I mean, cause when it comes down to it, some people, and I'm always, always curious what your opinion was of this, especially since you do spend a lot of time over the last several months talking about these shows. Do you look at shows like that as just guilty pleasures when you stack them up against, and I don't mean like top tier shows, you know, <laughs> there's a shout out to Brian right there. <laughs> So maybe Ozark, no, but many, many of it, but, um, but even like low to mid-level series, or do you think shows like that do deserve a place in the discussion of the best of TV? Like if we had it, if we actually ended up finally getting a truly great season of Survivor from start to finish, would that merit a place in the top 20 for you? So I just, I threw, there's actually a bunch of questions in there. So yeah, yeah. Um, for one, I'll just answer the, the last question. Um, I was in, I was really, really tempted to put this last season of Australia Survivor in my extra five, uh, simply based on it giving me like faith and hope that the Survivor franchise still has some place to go and grow. Um, but when you're comparing the edits to scripted television and reality television, you know, I would say that if you looked at the late 90s, uh, first half of the 20s, um, yeah, the reality television was largely unscripted. It was allowed to be reality. We didn't have major story arcs that were forced um, because it was a whole new genre. You know, it was it was its own new thing. It was a phenomenon. It took off um, from things like Survivor and uh, Real World and, uh, you know, everything in between. We got to get to know people as the, the shows aired, um, but we'd get to see, like, their bad sides as well um, and kind of form our opinions of where things were going from there. But then somewhere in probably the last five to ten years, uh, these reality shows kind of became more and more heavy handed with scripts and edits and forcing a storyline and forcing a narrative. Um, and I think sometimes it's just based off of, you know, maybe it's based off of, okay, um, this player won, you know, something that that's done and we know what the winner is before it airs. Um, so how much time do we give them in front of the camera to make their win make sense? Um, and sometimes they think there's certain storylines that kind of get pushed just based off of people that the producers like. Um, I, I would be really hard-pressed to believe that we haven't seen a few people like that in Survivor and Big Brother, that somebody in production knows them, likes them, likes the confessionals they give, whatever the case may be. And so they're going to get more screen time and therefore 
the story arc's going to be a little bit bigger, a little bit in your face. And then we have the debate of, is this person getting a winner's edit? You know, is this going to be the winner? Are we going to base who we think the winner is going to be off of the edit that is given? Somewhere in the last few years, that's changed. And it's like they almost intentionally throw you in the opposite direction. Some shows well, do you think they're doing stay that? pretty true. Sorry, but... do, you th- do you think they're doing that because that's what people want now? Like people are just getting dumber and they're just like they need that kind of like manufactured drama. So like I, they're just you know think they're playing to the audience or do you think they've kind of created that cycle in themselves and now people are trying to feed on it? I think they've put themselves into a cycle they can't easily step out of. Um and, and if you consider some of the biggest television hits in the last 10, 12 years, we've, we've, it's, it's always these like massive plot twists you didn't see coming. Plot twist, bam, plot twist, bam. There's always, it was just a huge theme in storytelling. And it's like, it's almost getting pushed into reality television somewhat too. And maybe the cycle will die out. Maybe it'll become a little bit more of a organic, true to nature narrative. Uh, I know there's been a lot of complaints, especially in things like Survivor Big Brothers, a little bit harder because they have live feeds. So there's a whole audience that gets to actually see how these things are panning out, not how production wants to tell you the story. Um, Maybe maybe it'll start to shift. I feel like there's I I have felt in the last season or so in some of these shows a little shift happening. So maybe we'll kind of get a little bit closer and have some sort of mix between what's really organic and what the producers want you to see. Uh, at the end of all of it, storytelling is always the basis of shows. Whether you're watching a documentary or a movie or a television series or a newscast. It, it's always storytelling. There's no way to avoid trying to create a story at this point in reality television. People crave it. They like to have a line to follow. Um, but fingers crossed, they can kind of dip back just a little bit and a little, little more reality come forward. <laughs> hopefully. Do you think? Do you think it's it's this it's it's the genre is worse for it? Like you know now that they need to like have like two crab boats and deadliest catch have some kind of red wedding like ramming each other thing or something do you think that's just not a good trend yeah i don't like it i think it's disingenuous but at the end of the day i understand that it it exists for a reason and somebody's pockets have got to be filled and so they're going to be trying new things out especially in something that's been around for what are we on like 44 seasons the next season's what the 44th season of survivor they gotta try new things it's just you have to to keep it going so uh, i have a little room of acceptance for what they're trying to do um but hopefully hopefully there's a place for it and uh that place is australia (laughs) all right okay so um before we get into things, I feel I need to address a small matter that no one remembers but me, but I, you know, I'm Mr. Honest, so I have to bring it up. So last time we did this a year ago, I guess it was mid-January of 2021, I said then that I did not like the idea of including a series on my list that hadn't finished its season as of yet. Um you know, the, the example was, what if the, the last episode's horrible and then just spoils the entire thing for me? Like, you know, the first season of, of the OA, for example. Um, 
And at the time, I said I felt that the show had aired episodes in 2022, I could simply hold off and put them on the list for the best of 2022. And if, and oh, by the way, and if either of you did that, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I just made a decision that for me, it didn't feel right to do it. Um, also, the fact that I, every list you look at and lately, no one else does that, but that's not why I wouldn't do it. I just, it, I felt like, you know what? I should have just bitten the bullet and put it on the list in the first place last year. And I'm talking about two series specifically because they had one thing in common. They both aired their final three episodes in January of 2022. That was Station Eleven and Yellow Jackets. They both, yes, you know, got stretched into 2022. I do not feel right putting them on this list. I, I it's just they're no matter how, how I slice or dice it, they're twenty twenty one shows. I, I can't I can't justify it for myself. I will tell you that Station Eleven most likely would have made my top ten. Yellow Jackets maybe the teens, yep. maybe the twenties, not sure. So they would be what I would call my quote unquote honorable mentions. They should have made the list for last year's shows. That's the imaginary list I usually reserve for the show that I didn't watch. Until the following year, and then I usually say, ooh, if I'd watched that last year, it would have made my list. <laughs> so they're going to go on that list, which even though even though technically I did watch them, but they're kind of in that nebulous, oh, well, it's good. That's just the way it is. So, again, if either of you have anything like that, that's fine. I just made a decision not to do that. Oh, man. So... Uh, obviously, we are all supposed to be hitting you here with our top 20s, which we will be doing shortly in a round-robin number-my-number style. But just to let everybody know, it turns out, <laughs> you know, a jerk like me, I couldn't stop at 20. And and I felt once I hit, like, the 40s, I just kept compiling until I covered pretty much every show I watched. Where I, But I wanted to end on a nice roundish number, so I came up with a top 75. No, I'm not about to read you or tell you my top 75. What I will be doing is releasing a separate bonus podcast where I will be running down numbers 75 through uh, 26. Uh, which, you know, when you, I guess when you add in all the music and everything, it will come to about 32 and a half minutes, which that's about the shortest STVD podcast ever. So I have no problem with that. Um, I did that podcast just so I, if, if I just post it as a list, there's going to be people who are going to be wondering why I put this there and this, that. So I said, okay, let me quickly do an explanation of it. And uh, most shows get like a 30 to 45 second explanation why they didn't make my top 20 or, or and so on and so forth. You do get a lot of negativity and snark on that podcast. So that should fulfill anyone's yearning for <laughs> me being nasty about a lot of things or just kind of tepid about things, whether it be shows I think maybe a little bit overrated or shows that weren't as good as they were before or shows that are really just dressed up nighttime soap operas from the eighties, except they have like dragons and stuff. Oh, don't know what show that could be. <laughs> Was that number 69 on your list, Scott? <laughs> no, Brian's only fans. Anyway, I'm sure I'll piss off more than a few people, especially certain major geeky fandoms. But be on the lookout for that extra pod. It's going to be floating out there like a freshly chopped off vestigial, vestigial tail wagging away on its lonesome. So let's get to it. But first, Jamie. Now, I already know in advance that you and I both had, you know, well, obviously, I had 55 misses, you know. 
But I coming down to five. Uh, but when, when you get to just outside top the top twenty, those are more the real near misses. The ones that are ooh, could I flip these around? So yeah. I think you're going to call your they're going to be your 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 five or so. They're they're going to be your honorable mentions. Me, they're going to be twenty five through twenty one essentially. So what shows for you came so close but just missed this past year? And okay. I'm going to give you that list, but I just want to say beforehand, I normally would be against adding an extra five. As we've discussed, your top is your top, and that's the list. Mm -hmm. But three of these five are some of my favorite shows. But there was so much good stuff this year. I couldn't, I just couldn't bring myself to fit those in. I just don't think that they met the criteria next to some of these other shows. So, my five are 25, uh, Under the Banner of Heaven, 24, Kindred, 23, Umbrella Academy, 22, Russian Doll, and 21, The Boys. Interesting. Uh, a couple of those are going to show up later in the podcast on my list, and a couple of those I knew finished, they would. And a couple of those finished very far down. Oh, no. Let me rephrase. I actually like, I like Russian Doll and I like In the Banner of Heaven and they are in, they're, they're, I think Russian Doll finished like number 50 on my list or something like that. I actually had, I had, I had a lot of disappointment with, with that, with that, with that season actually, but I still liked it overall, but I'm, I'm like, I think I tilt a little bit more negative than positive on it, but it's in the top 75. But, but again, so, so is Walking Dead final season, so that doesn't mean anything. You just gotta throw them a bone, man. They finally finished. It's oh. worth being placed just By the for that. Walking Dead final season, number 74, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> not number se- Number 75 of the show we used to podcast about. <laughs> but I won't, don't ask, because I don't want to give it away. I want people to listen to the podcast. But uh, I finally had to come out and just rip it apart finally after all these years. Uh, my five that didn't make it, uh, my number 25 would be Murderville on Netflix. It's just fun. It's just a show that made me laugh, and I love Will Arnett. Number 24, I'm going to say the the current season four of Doom Patrol. Last year it was number 14. We, I just don't have enough episodes to justify putting it higher on the list. See, that's the problem I have with this whole idea. Number 23 is We Own the City, the HBO series from the guys who did The Wire. Really loved it. Number 22, the show I credit... I think I credit Jamie with getting me to finally watch it. Uh, the Righteous Gemstones. Season two, oh, so yes. up at number twenty-two, and number twenty-one, the the just miss one for me um, was season three of Harley Quinn, um, inclu- which included one of. If we were still doing the top ten episodes of the year, there's an episode of Harley Quinn from season three that would probably make that that list this year. But we're not doing that list, so you know, so we're not doing it. <laughs> anyway. yeah. Daniel. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I don't have a uh, 25 to 21. I did watch a lot of TV last year, not just old, old stuff like Cheers and, and the nine seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia I watched in the last month and a half. Um, but I, I've been watching some recent stuff like Ted Lasso and Yellowstone. And, and there are shows that are going to miss a list just because I didn't watch the entire seasons. Like The Boys the Boys and Reservation Dogs probably would have made my top 20. 
uh, but I just didn't get around to it, uh, to finishing them off in time. You know, because I'm watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and season one of Star Trek, the original series. So, but just how it goes. But, but so unfortunately, I have to have a couple. So my my the the bottom two shows, my top twenty aren't shows that are i was a big big fan of but i just i completed them it's just what i have to do so the number 20 on my list is uh kenobi the disney plus star wars series it was fine it was okay it's just ewan mcgregor's a dud and i guess i can't really think of much good to say about this show i just needed to have 20 shows on the list so it looked good there was some stuff that was okay but when push comes to shove i, I wish i would have finished reservation docs instead <laughs> I, I I love that you have I love that shows on your list just so I can self promote a little bit more. One one of the things I rip apart the most, and I'm going to piss off a lot of people on that podcast, is Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I call I back to back yeah. Star Wars shows. I was like, wow, I don't know which show we needed less, but you know, again, say, yeah. we'll save it for that other podcast, which I've already recorded yeah. by the way. It- it never it never became so clear as to why Fargo season three didn't work until I watched Kenobi. So oh, I, I, I kept once upon a time Darth Vader was a good villain. Anyway, <laughs> so let's continue the trend of we've entered our top twenty list. So we're gonna like I said we're gonna go around. You just gave your number twenty, Jamie. What would be your twenty? All right, my number twenty is Rings of Power. Uh, I am a big J.R. Tolkien fan. Um, I had really high hopes for this show. Uh, there's some things that I would complain about and do complain about. Um, some of the timeline stuff and, you know, goofy ass looking Conan O'Brien elves to be some of the issues I have. But outside of that, it is just like visually stunning. Uh, and it's scored beautifully and I really enjoyed the time watching it. So number 20. I never got around to watching Rings of Power. I never got around to it. I posted it's it's another one of those another one of those shows that I posted threads for on Facebook. I never actually watched myself, and then I never heard anything that made me want to check it out. Everyone was kind of like meh on it. It seemed like to me, so I don't know. One of these days, my number twenty will be the final season of The Good Fight. Uh, coincidentally, the previous season of The Good Fight. Also showed up at number twenty on my list last year, and I swear that's a. Co- I check when I realized that after fact. I went, "Oh, that's an interesting coincidence." Um, I think the show went out. Str- the show went out surprisingly strong to the to the extent where I was wishing we had gotten at least one more season, especially because they had added Andre Brower to the cast, and he was fantastic uh, on the series. Um, I wish I could have had less seasons where Diane seemed to be addled by some drug or other, which seemed to be a running thing with her character for the last couple of seasons. Um, but the show was kind of audacious. It took chances when it wanted to. I wish they had a bit more court cases the way The Good Wife, its predecessor, did. But it was still... It 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 gave. I'm gonna curse now. It gave no fucks. It it didn't care if they, if it was gonna alienate, you know, maybe half of their audience. They they knew who their audience really was, and I respect them for that. And the last thing is in their final episode. I've hated the opening credit sequence for the good fight for all six seasons, but they finally justified it by tying it into something that happens in the final episode. And when that happened, I went. Okay, Robert Michelle King, you guys are geniuses because <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Well done, you bastards. So yeah, good, <laughs> good fight. 
comes in at number 20 on my list. So we'll, we'll roll back to Dan at number 19. All right, my 19th show on the list is another show I just don't really like. And I would convince people to maybe don't bother watching this, but it'd be the second season of uh, Star Trek Picard. It just <laughs> it just didn't work. It was a mess. There's some stuff about it I like. I like Santiago Cabrero's character, Rios. He's awesome. It was nice to see John Delancey again doing stuff. But the thing just doesn't hold up at all. There was a few good scenes, but for the most part, they just didn't execute well, so... There's going to be one more season of the show. I'm going to watch it. My expectations are extremely low, but hopefully they're low enough where I won't be disappointed. <laughs> so, first <laughs> Picard, season 19. Once again, that's unfortunate. I did not uh, watch the, the boys for the whole rest of the season. Because <laughs> after three episodes of the boys, the boys would have made my list. It just would have. It was it was really good. So, okay. sorry. Uh, Dan, it should tickle you to know that. Picard does show up on the very latter part of my list, and I'll 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 take I'll 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 refer to one thing I remember saying about it: the fact that you could take two of my favorite things that they have ever done in Star Trek history, which involve doing something with Mirror Mirror Universe or doing something with time travel. They do both those things in Picard, and I still really didn't like this season. Tells me there's something wrong with this season. And I want yep. to like it. I love Patrick Stewart, but uh, and yet it was. And you're right, John. De, great seeing John DeLance again, but still, uh, this. Yeah, is, it, it was fun this? seeing Jerry Ryan like trying to drive a car in L.A. It's you know, it's 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 fun. There's there's <laughs> yeah. some stuff that's okay. It, but it, if the, if your biggest talking point for the season is, hey, they got the guy who was playing the boombox in Star Trek huh. for. Right, for the voyage right. home again, but that's like, yeah, that might be the best part of the season. I'm not really sure. I'm, yeah, I'm also going into the next season with lowered expectations. But look, they're bringing back the entire cast. I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind. Of, I, I do think You're that's going to cool. have to check it out. I have to watch. Yeah. Yep. Jamie. Okay, number nineteen, final season of Ozark. Um, it's been a great show. I've loved every season. It ended strong enough. Um, I mean, do I love the ending? It's okay. It's all right. But it deserves its place at 19. Ozark. Where did Ozark finish on my list? I'm just trying to remember now. Ozark finished at number 40 on my list. Oh, actually, 40 is not that bad. Okay. That's not too awful. Yeah. Con- well, yeah. It's, 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 all, it's all the guys in the 70s and 60s. <laughs> <laughs> I ripped apart, except for the reality shows. I just, I just, I just tossed them in there just so I can come out around seventy-five. I didn't even think about Australian Survivor. I didn't. I wasn't sure that was from this year or not. So I, I, too, yeah. late. too late. Too yeah. late. Too late. Now the list is made. Yes, too late. It's recorded. I can't. I'm not amending it. Number nineteen for me. Um, I, I almost, I almost put this at number eighteen just for the num- just for the numbering f- fun, but. That didn't make any sense to me. Number 19 is 1899. <laughs> the series from the guys who brought us Dark and that we recently found out is not being yeah. renewed for a second season. Yeah, um, Netflix. Net- you know, Netflix, you, 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 first you, you screwed over Archive 81 mm. by how you release that and it gets buried under other things and the way your binge model works there's no way that show could get enough traction and you kind of sort of did that with 1899 as well yeah. 
because he did it. And then within just days later, Wednesday is released, and that just kind of swallows up everything else. And it just basically... And love Wednesday. I mean, I'll be talking about it soon. But 1899, at the very least, deserved another season. I'm... That said, I'm okay with this being the only season. And I I know there are going to be those who watched it who feel we didn't get enough resolution at the end because it it basically was keying us into what the second season might possibly be about. But I'm okay with that. It it, it didn't, I don't feel it left me on like this, a cliffhanger where really, I mean, I guess it technically it did, but it, it, I just didn't feel that that way about it. It wouldn't have been like say if say if this had been dark and dark suddenly ended after season two. I'd have been like no 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 you can't do that. Or they or they pull like they did with Sense Eight that the fans had such an uproar that the showrunners literally had to go in and make a mini movie to be able to finish the storyline because they pulled it at the worst time. Yeah, I mean, so Scott, do you think I should? consider watching it then since I, i've been waiting to watch it so i can totally finish hannibal with my daughter um and since you know that dark is my favorite netflix series and and also that I, I i survived like two decades of unresolved twin peaks season two cliffhangers uh do you think that uh it's worth the uh, investment for me i would say i'm gonna say yes. i'm actually gonna say yes i've been thinking i'm gonna it, say yeah. yes also i've been, I've been telling it. anybody who had maybe be interested but hadn't got to it yet i say you can still watch it there's enough resolution you'll yeah. be comfortable It'll yeah be i fun. feel that way um the, the fellow who's co-hosted with me a couple times on the uh the scott forgot the 80s podcast actually posted a thing asking that question to the general public should i bother watching 1899 now and i essentially said what you just said I was like, yeah you you can watch it it's it it, it it the ending is more about this is what the next season could be about, but it's not like really you know like Krypton, yeah. which oh look at me still oh. <laughs> at, at the very least at the very least I respect the, the 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 filmmakers or TV makers of the show enough where I should probably see what they did anyway, even if you know yes. all the answers don't get tied up because I mean I really the, you know their work in dark is pretty uh you know yeah, top two absolutely I, and I, I, I would just like on. to throw in there if I can to anybody who has watched it um, but has not watched the making of it, take the time and watch it. Oh yeah, the It is incredibly great. amazing. The technology that was used to film this like blew my mind. And I'm one of those that always watch the making of everything. Um, I was like, there was some stuff I had never seen before. It was really cool. So check that out. My favorite yeah, and part of the people making it have a deal with sorry i know the people making it have a deal have a deal with netflix to make some stuff but i'm wondering if they're going to try to get out of that deal since netflix pulled the plug right away and maybe they'll go to somebody who will just like let them do something you know somebody who just doesn't mind throwing money around not hbo max anymore clearly but you know maybe amazon or hulu <laughs> or disney or apple throw some money at them so i'm you know i i haven't watched it yet i can't comment on to its quality or whatever but i just know those people know how to do some good shit right. and better than average yes. smart shit go ahead uh, scott by the way one, one 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 last thing before we move on i wanted to say um the making of my favorite thing about the making of thing jamie is much like anyone else talking about 1899 who had seen it i love that the creators themselves more than once accidentally refer to it as dark and they went, oh, yeah. I mean, yes. they have to keep catching themselves. Because it's the kind of thing that we would do on a podcast. 
okay, the people who actually created and wrote and spent, you know, months and yeah. maybe a year and a half of their lives doing it are making the same mistake that bozos like us would make. Excellent. I don't they feel bad They did it themselves. All right. So I think we can rewind back to 18 and we go back to Dan. All right. The 18th show on my list is Ozark, the final season. Um, one trend that's going to be on a, a few shows in this on my list are shows that I like, but they just end up feeling kind of formulaic at a point. They just really aren't standing out compared to their previous work. Ozark was like that. It's just more of the same over and over and over again. And of course, we've discussed pre-podcast and previous podcasts that 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 bullshit with the car crash that didn't mean anything at all. I mean, at least if, if, if there was. If there's some ambiguity that, that, like, maybe they're dead and, like, the rest of it's, like, a whatever, at least it'd be it'd be lame and be well done, but at least – or it wouldn't be well done. It's been done a zillion times, but at least it'd be something that, like, well, you know, it then, like, it maybe has some – we can explain why that scene exists, but it just – I mean, their car rolled over, like, 30 times and none of them were injured, like, at all. It's just pointless and dumb, so – you know, anything with Julia Garner was good. Um, there was a lot of other stuff that was good in the show. I like the scenes where she was, she was uh, like, the scenes with her and, like, the son of the Kansas City, like, mafia boss, whatever, dude. Like, yeah. I like those really well. But for the most part, a lot of the season just was just more of the same, just okay. The lack of Tom Pelfrey from season three to season four was just, I mean, of course, you know, the character's not going to be there anymore, but the lack of the lack of a actor with a really standout performance just, you know, just exposes the flaws of a show. That's just, you know, a breaking bad like show, but just following a really repetitive formula, do this, solve a problem, create two more, solve a problem, create two more over and over and over again. But it's a good show. I like it, but I, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, I know we talked, obviously we talked about it on a podcast earlier this, uh, last year, um, but I honestly don't even remember what I said about it. <clears throat> um, I think why it didn't finish in the top 20 for me and why, you know, there's, you know, it's all way up at number 40. Um, it kind of sounds like what you were saying. I don't know how satisfied, how satisfying, I should say, I found the final season and, it's funny how that that's a show that that's been compared to Breaking Bad a billion times. You know, it's breaking. You know, it's 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 Breaking Bad wannabe. It's Breaking Bad light. It's Breaking Bad whatever. Um, and you have strong actors on that show. Laura Linney is a great actress, and Jason Babin really can bring the goods too. But the problem was with Breaking Bad as things accelerated. I never I unless you unless someone really had an issue with the whole Nazi thing, which I could understand. Um, it it still felt gripping and real and well played and the characters were still well written and the performance were top notch. Ozark it, it kind of tended to veer a bit cartoonish for me. I felt especially Laura Linney's character became start, started bordering on being a caricature by the time we got to the later stages of that season. And then the car, the car crash that meant nothing. Uh, I, I, I can't even. I can't even. It still annoys me to this day. <laughs> All right, Jamie, what's your number eighteen? I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number eighteen is uh, we need to talk about Cosby, which was a documentary that was directed by W. Kamau Bell. Um, it's 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 not right to say it is an enjoyable watch. But it is incredibly intriguing. Um, it's there's interviews from comedians, people people that like worked with him, 
and including those that were victimized. Uh, they tell their story. Uh, they do a real deep dive on who the man is, what he meant to comedy, um, and at what cost it, it came to everybody else that knew him. Uh, and then really pushed into light uh, what, what the truth of this man did to shift uh, a culture's self-identity. Uh, it was really heartbreaking. Some parts were really hard to listen to, but it was done in, uh, in such a manner that like you just you, you could sit through the whole four parts all in one sitting. Um, and anybody who has heard of the stories and they know what's going on a little bit, I would definitely say, uh, check this out. Go in and check this out and get get the perspectives that the documentary gives. It's it's it is something. It is something to see. I'm I'm going to be totally inappropriate and follow that with uh, uh, some, one of the things that made me laugh the most in the past uh, few months that I po- I think I post, posted on my Facebook page a few months back. Um, there were these bloopers, I guess, from the Zach Galifianakis series between two ferns and Mm -hmm. he's had john ham on (laughs) at least once or twice um and the beauty of that thing is like you know they're supposedly all always in on the joke and i mean they certainly are but these actors are actually better than we think they are sometimes they pull off some really convincing reaction whatever yeah but in this in this instance there's a moment where zach alfaneca says to john ham it's like so so it so we hear that the the Don Draper suit now is actually now hanging in the Smithsonian. It's like, and he, and John Hammond is not like, yeah, that's it's like, yeah, it's, it's right, it's right next to the Cosby sweater. So <laughs> he starts, and then he kind of loses it. He, could, he said, "That's not he couldn't stop." Laughing. Just the Cosby sweater reference. I just thought was great. All right. Um, Oh, is it me? No. Okay. Number 18. Number 18 for me would be uh, season three of Evil. Um, season Dang. two was actually uh, made number 10 last year, but still being in the top 20 doesn't mean I don't, doesn't mean I liked it less. It just means there was a lot of other good stuff. Right. Um, I am loving this series more and more from season to season. Um, we've talked about it here and there on the podcast before. It's one of those shows I keep trying to recommend to people. I say, you know, you got to give this show a chance. It's like, I can't believe the people who did, you know, The Good Wife and The Good Fight, this is their show too. But then again, they did that crazy show, um, was it Brain Dead? Uh, the thing with the, the politics and the aliens invading everybody. Um, but this show, wow. And my, and Michael Emerson's just a joy. <laughs> to watch yes <laughs> you know yes. W- without any shackles on whatsoever he's having it up and it's so much fun to watch so yeah that's my number 18 evil season three they are currently filming season four i love that robert king tweets about it all the time so you get to see little you know you know pages and, and photos and everything and apparently we found out through one of his tweets by the way this is fascinating even dan will actually be fascinated by this um that a lot of the style of the way they shoot and the way the art direction for evil is inspired by night of the hunter. 
And they actually huh. had, they had, they had, they had a photo, uh, they had a still from Night of the Hunter and they said, we use Night of the Hunter as our, as our kind of our kind of template for a lot of the different types of shots that we do throughout evil. And I was like, I did not know that, but that's a, a fantastic movie, which I think also wasn't in the variety top 100, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I thought I'd let you know. All right. So we're ready for my number 17. I believe you're done with yours, right, Scott? Yes, sir. Okay. So my number 17 is the third season of Atlanta. I did not watch the fourth season of Atlanta, uh, being busy uh, watching other stuff. But it, uh, yeah, it, it it did come out this year, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> well, they split the fourth season into two <laughs> sections, so maybe you saw the first part of season four, maybe. Might no, be. I only watched season three, but I thought it, I thought they both came out last year, so I guess maybe I better take a look quick before I. Uh, Let's see, Atlanta season three. I thought they both came out last year. Yeah, yeah. Season three was uh, March through May, and then season four came out. Oh, they broke um, it into. Oh, those are three, need, two separate seasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So season four started in September. Season three was in May. So oh, it's it's it's. I'm not sure why they coded it that way exactly, but anyway, they they released two seasons in 2022. And I only watched one of them so far because I take my sweet time getting to some stuff sometimes. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so we, so we've all learned something today. But the third season of Atlanta, I, I liked it. It was, it was pretty good. There were some episodes that were, I mean, it was a, they were doing some interesting stuff this year. I mean, I, I, I it basically was. I can't, you know, it's like half the episodes were like they were doing black, black mirror, um, in which sometimes worked, uh, sometimes. Uh, you know, some of it kind of felt, you know, a little ham-handed, but I guess, you know, I, I, I can, you know, I can respond to subtlety in certain ways, and some stories don't need subtlety, and some t- stories need more. But they were trying to do some different stuff, and for the most part, I'd say a lot of it worked. And the stuff with their main characters, uh, I enjoyed for the most part. There were some interesting things. Liam Neeson showed up in a very unpleasant scene, and there's a variety of other things. But I thought it was a good show. I'm looking forward to watching the final season, which, as we've discussed, also aired in the same year for some reason. <laughs> All right, I'll, 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 I'm going to have to address the Atlanta situation when we get up to me later. Uh, Jamie? Okay, my number 17 is the third season of Breeders uh, with Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard. And this year, the storyline focuses more on Paul's parents, uh, which are played by Joanna Bacon and Alan Armstrong. Uh, And it kind of forces the realities of what happens when you hold uh, secrets in a very, very long standing relationship and what that can mean for a family and for your own identity. And uh, even though it's still a dark comedy, uh, it had a lot of really, really uh, touching moments and dialogue this season. And uh, it was very sweet. Oh, sweet. Um, before I get to my number 17, so just to follow up on the Atlanta thing. So I, I thought that was one season that had been separated by a few months. I thought they were doing that splitting a season thing that a lot of other shows have done. I didn't realize it was actually two separate seasons. So I, on my list on that's on that other podcast, when I refer to Atlanta, I'm, ref, I'm saying season four, but I meant both, I essentially meant both seasons. Um, 
kind of screws up the, uh, who cares? Doesn't matter. So my comments are still true and they still hold true. I just thought it was part of the same goddamn season. I didn't realize <laughs> that they, that they actually did two seasons in one year. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, which I'm going to get to another show that did that later in this podcast. Um, but I just feel I need to <laughs> let people know, like, okay, I, I just mean two seasons <laughs> apparently because it's not a top 76 and now I'm going to get to number 17. My number 17. And I got a feeling one or two of you might have it higher than me this year. My number 17 is going to be What We Do in the Shadows, season four. Now, it sounds like that's a tumble because season three was number six on my list. It's, again, it's not really, you know, it's whatever. I Maybe the reason why it didn't hit my top ten, and let me preface this by saying I love this show. I still love this show. But the only reason it didn't make my top ten was probably number one, we there was a lack of like that Jackie Daytona style, that one really memorable episode <laughs> kind of episode. There were really good ones, but n- nothing that really hit that kind of hype. That's number one. Number two, they made they the show which usually doesn't make missteps made at least one, maybe two this season. One was that one episode that dealt with a situation regarding Nandor's wife. I think if they had the choice to redo what they did, they might not have done what they did because it really sent not the best message, I thought. And honestly, although there were laughs to be found, absolutely, I kind of have to confess a season-long Colin Robinson storyline, what they did, I felt knocked the series down just a few little teeny tiny pegs for me. I, I admired that they did that. It was it was gutsy. I'm not saying it failed, but it, it just I think those those little factors combined to push it out of the top ten for me. Still love the show, love doing the voices, love all the characters so much. Um, what's her name? Oh, what's her? What's the character's name? Also, I'm drawing a blank. All of a sudden, Nadia. Total I, for me. I think with that show, every season a different character steals the season for me. And this season, for some reason, it, for, it was her for me. I, cause she, well, she was, uh, the vampire nightclub thing. It was the blood sprinklers. Wasn't could it? not stop. <laughs> she was just on fire funny to start to finish this season. I, I loved her in this season now. Back to you, Danny. All right. All right. My number 16 is what we do in the shadows. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it took a tumble on my list last year. Um, you know, again, for the similar reasons, what you say is pretty spot on the, the baby Colin Robinson or young Colin Robinson thing. It just didn't work for me a ton. It was funny at times, but I was, I didn't, I think I could have boring bland sucking the energy out of you, a boring middle-aged adult Colin Robinson, for 20 seasons and i don't know if i would ever get bored of that performance it's just it's just always great i i don't i don't blame for changing stuff up and there were some episodes that were fun i like the, the the property like uh you know the the house flipping episode was was great um, there was there was a lot of fun stuff but but you know when push comes New to shove new york city that, that could have the, the property that that one might have been the closest to what would have been like the standout episode. The fact that they did that one, and also I oh, the, the, yeah, I think you just brought it. The, the fact that they brought back the Nick Kroll character again and and, okay. and they and they once again went with the gag where it's a totally new gigantic posse and they have to introduce each one. It just goes. It's like a Mister Show style joke because the joke it goes on and on. And on. <laughs> So good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, or like the hockey players on uh, 
uh, Letter Kenny were just like it's like you know something they always just redo the same shtick thing the yep. entire thing. So yep. you know you know so it was fun. It just you know it it it's 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 still it's they're gonna for them to get as high as it did for the second season and you know do whatever. But the shows above it are fairly good. So I'm not gonna knock it. It just it could be a little better. So yeah. Jamie, what's your number sixteen? My number sixteen is Peacemaker. Um, I mean, we've watched it. We know what it's about. We know how it goes. But it is hands down one of the funniest things I've watched all year. Probably one of the funniest shows I've watched ever. I had belly laugh after belly laugh in every single episode. Um, it's got John Cena and metal music and Eagly and you know James Gunn dialogue. What else? What else do you need? That that's that's perfect. You don't need anything else. I just did an air kiss to it. Um, oh, me, 16. My number 16 will be, um, it was one of the surprises of the year because I didn't know about it until maybe a week or two before it hit the airwaves. And that, or the cable waves, whatever. The Old Man, uh, the show that was on FX with Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow. Um, Jeff Bridges has that some, certain something that a lot of, over the last several years, a lot of movie stars have come to TV. And it's always kind of a big, it's, it's always been a big deal. He's one of the very few, the very few who I feel like it's almost a privilege that we're getting him to work on a TV show. Cause he still has that. He's, he's a movie star, but he's also a great actor as well, which is, it's nice when you get those two kind of working in sync. Sometimes you can be one or the other, quite frankly. Um, Lithgow, also, uh, an understated and maybe underappreciated by some, uh, great performance on the series. Honestly, this, this would have finished higher on my list, but, um, I thought some of the storyline kind of, I don't want to say it dawdled exactly, but it, it wore just a little teensy bit thin for me in the latter half of the series. And I think that's what kind of knocked it out of the top 10 for me. But still, it's really good. And I'm looking forward to uh, a new season of it and where they're going to go with it. Um, it it's it's an exceptionally good show otherwise. Daniel. All right. So we're back to me. My number 15. It's the third season of Evil. Um, Evil tumbled a little bit for me last year. Um, this year, I think, uh, even though it was, it's pretty solid, uh, but I ended up liking a little bit more this year. Um, just everything that works in it worked, continued to work. The things that don't work, like, I mean, you know, David, that's the main character's name is David, right? Or, you know, mm-hmm. the priest. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's not super compelling, usually, for the most part. Not the most interesting character, but pretty much everybody else is. Um, so, Ben the Magnificent, always like, uh, always awesome. Um, having Andrea Martin, who played Quark's mother in the first appearance on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, had a larger role uh, this <laughs> season. Had a larger role this season, and the show was better for it. Um, she definitely is very good in that role and all roles. So, I I enjoyed the season, and it's just it's just a fun show. So, I'm looking forward to more of that. Yes, I had to get even though I'm talking about several Star Trek series tonight. <laughs> I had to shoehorn in a totally random Star Trek reference. <laughs> You know what's bad is that I've been doing that in your absence on way too many podcasts over the last several months, and I always make, oh, I basically just did a um, 10. You, I, made a, I made a Star Trek. Yeah, you, you clearly miss me, and I love you too, Scott. Yeah. 
I and I remember I rooted for the Yankees in the playoffs this year, so it's okay. You can you can believe me. I do love you. I I think only two of the two one of those three statements are true. Um, Fuck the Astros. Yeah. Oh, also evil. Another. It's also one of the only shows that actually every once in a while actually does manage to kind of give me a little bit of a start. You know. Yeah, that 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 episode on the road, or the one where they were like driving down the road and stuff, or whatever, that was fucking creepy. And there yeah. was other stuff that was creepy yeah. too, like you know, they it was good stuff. Yeah, I I talked, I think me and Brian talked about it uh, several months ago a little bit. Um, it, it you know, Asif Manji, he, he's like, I think he's like the MVP of that series. He's so good on it. I love that Andrea Martin is playing a character named Sister Andrea. So like, maybe we don't even have to change your name. Don't worry about it. Um, the only thing I honestly, the only thing I don't like about Evil. I don't want. Here we go again. I don't know what. I don't know why they do this to me. The Kings. I said I. I. I kept going on about how I hate the opening credit sequence for the good fight. So then they. Then they do this overblown credit sequence for evil now, which I really don't like either. I was like, I like the yeah. just simple, just black letters and what. That's it. Yeah. It, it, yep, it, it, it's too much. And and the font is so bad where it's like it fills up. It's like it's almost cutting off the. Oh, it's. It, mm, I don't like it. Don't like it at all. No sir. No sir. No sir. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you ran over the segue that I was going to grab from Dan to I go into my number fifteen, which was. Speaking of shoehorns, you better grab one because you're going to need one to get off your swashbuckling boots because my number 15 is Our Flag Means Death. (laughs) Jesus. All right. (laughs) Whatever you think this show is, if you've not watched it, it's not what you think it is. I've never heard of it, though. It's it's an HBO. Um, It's a period romantic comedy about two men of the sea. Uh, One is a pampered aristocrat played by Rise Darby. And a bloodthirsty pirate, Captain Blackbird, played by Taika Waititi. Um, it's got a full comedic cast. It's charming, surprisingly romantic, very funny, fantastic soundtrack. Um, you, you just check it out. You got to check it out. It's it's so charming. It's so charming. That's it. I kept meaning to watch it, and then I never got around to it. I mean, I know about Take Away Your Titties. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's all his name is always going to be to me. Involvement. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my favorite joke I've come up with in the last three or four years. I came up with an Oscar night when, um, what was it? Uh, was it Jojo Rabbit? Was that the movie he did? Yeah. And that was the first time I became aware. For some reason, the first time I really thought about his name and I looked at it, I was like, you know, his name is basically Take Away a Titty. Then <laughs> the person I was couldn't stop laughing all night. And I was tweeting it. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's my joke. If I ever, if I ever meet him, that's what I'm going to call him. Anyway, oh, is it me now? Number fifteen. All right, this might require me to explain things. Okay, this is a show that I know is showing up in a lot of people's top ten lists. And again, for me, top twenty is almost you're basically top ten as far as I'm concerned. My number fifteen is Andor. There's a lot to love about Andor. I'm a big fan of it. I love that it kind of gave a middle finger to so many people out there who have become accustomed to this Star Wars formula of how everything is supposed to sound and look and feel. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. Um, we are going to use some George Lucas-like things. We're going to go back to like THX, blah, 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 where the hell that movie was called back in the 70s. Uh, was it 1138? Whatever. And stuff like that. We're going to go, yeah. we, we, we're going to get, we're not going to use the same kind of 
scores that you're used to hearing. We're going to go for more of an eerie early 70s kind of vibe, whatever. We're going to keep changing the genre where it's going to feel like it's this, then it's this, then it's this. Oh, it's a caper. Oh, it's a heist. Oh, it's a prison story. Oh, it's, you know. The only reason it probably didn't make my top 10, and again, 15, you might as well. Um, the main character is not the most compelling character. Kind of like what you were saying about David on Evil to a certain extent, although different. And it's funny because I'm now watching that actor, um, Diego Luna, um, on when he did, um, Narcos Mexico. And he's kind of like one of the main, the main antagonist on that show, quite frankly. And I'm kind of starting to think it's the actor. He's not a bad actor, huh. but there's something he just, he doesn't have, he doesn't have that certain something where it's kind of like he owns the screen, so to speak. You know, if I, if I, I don't he's know. He's not how, like projecting himself. He's just kind of like there. He, 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 he just, he doesn't have that kind of gravitas weight kind of thing where it's like, ooh. Um, he's, and, and again, it's not that he's not good. He's good. It's just, he reminds me of someone like, oh, you know what? You're good, but I don't know if you should be main character good. You're more supporting player good, I think. But there's so much to like in that series. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, but it sounds like I'm being negative, but I show it's number 15. It's, it's weird. I, I really liked it. It's my number 15. I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it now. Go on, <laughs> Dan. All right. My, my number 14 is Lord of the Rings show, because I never bothered to remember what the actual title of these things are. I ended up liking it <laughs> an awful I ended up liking it an awful lot. Um, I'm sure Jamie talked me into watching it at some point, and it, it got me to actually re-watch some of the... Uh, I watched the, the three Lord of the Rings movies again, and then I watched one of the Hobbit movies and didn't bother watching anymore. <sighs> But yes. it's, just a, it's just a really good show, Scott. I think you would like it. It's not perfect, but there's got some good performances, some interesting twists, and it's just a, a nice exposure uh, to get in that series uh, again. Also, and this is a this is a, a breaking news alert. Uh, for the last half of the season, I would I would lie to Jamie and tell her I was watching the episodes on Wednesday when it really came out on a Friday, and uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, my phone my. Uh, <laughs> I tracked my show tracking app uh, said that it came out on Wednesday, so I just started pretending that I'd watched it a couple of days before just to fuck, fuck with her. So uh, that's You're an ass. This just I, in breaking news: Dan is an ass. Yeah, but in a very, in a very benign, completely meaningless way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh boy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Does that bring me to fourteen? That brings me to fourteen. Yes. My 14 is evil. <laughs> demons, demons, one angel, more demons, uh, and gets a little bit more, you know, psychological. Creepy vibes are good. I like where the show's going. It'll be interesting to see what next season uh, does with the flip side of the demons and it being the angel season. Um, kind of curious how that's going to work with the show. So hmm. I'll be tuning in. I think it's one of the shows that I often use the word bonkers when I, when I talk about evil. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like apparently. It's an appropriate time to use it. Like apparently Christine Lottie's gone bonkers on that show. I don't know what to make of her anymore. <laughs> my number 14. Uh, my number 14 is Archive 81. Hey, Netflix. Thanks for screwing us out of another really great show that, then this one did end. 
with a definite cliffhanger where I don't know if I can tell anyone to watch the show because if you watch the series and it was really good, but then you see how it ends and then you find out, oh, by the way, we're, we're, you're not getting anything else, mm. you're going to be pissed off. Kind of like the way I was pissed off when I found out that they didn't renew it. And it's like, this show didn't cost that. It's got element. Honestly, there you can see the DNA of things, everything from The Shining to Rosemary's Baby to uh, the things that, um, oh, what's his name? Jamie. Midnight Mass and, and all and Haunting of Hill House, that, that fellow's name. But what is it? Is it um, oh my gosh. Wow, we are, we are a horrible podcaster. Anyway. Flanagan? Flanagan. Flanagan. Mike Flan- is it Mike Flanagan? I'm going to say yeah. it's Mike Flanagan. That's who also, yeah. who also, I think, pitched for the Baltimore Orioles back in the 80s. But anyways, <laughs> maybe it's the same guy. But, but it had that kind of feel to it. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Mike Flanagan did for the Baltimore Orioles. What a career Orioles. twist. Wow. It's like Million Dollar Baby, except he's not in a coma. Anyway, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, someone's going to like that joke. Someone. Just no one here. Um, I, 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 I would Flanagan's love you all to watch. E- what? No. Mike Flanagan's career ERA was 3.90. Just so you guys know, I looked it up. So continue. That is not bad. That's yeah. not bad. I'm, I'm sure he made. I'm sure he made a few bucks. Um, <laughs> it, again, it, it's hard for me to recommend the show to everybody because they did that. But it's not that it ended badly. It ended pretty great. It's just you're not going to get another season. So if you know if you're okay with that going into it, then by all means watch it. It's it, it's really. It, I, I just really enjoyed it so much. Um, Ah, I'm just just thinking about it now. Pisses me off that I'm not going to get another season of it, and that that doesn't happen to me too often. But it, I'm I'll, I'll tell you this: I'm more annoyed that I'm not getting another season of Archive eighty one than another season of eighteen ninety nine. But then again, it makes sense because eighteen ninety nine finished number nineteen and it's finished number fourteen. So there, huh. <laughs> Dan, Dan, take please take the right. all right take my, the wheel. my thirteenth. <laughs> My 13th favorite show of 2022 is the Star Trek series Lower Decks. Scott, I know you haven't been a fan of it. I can't remember how much of it you watched, but if you, <laughs> as, as somebody who I've seen recently enjoy Star Trek uh, The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, I don't remember if you watched any Voyager or not. It's definitely a show that it kind of takes place in that you know, it just it feels like those shows. It really digs into the minutia of those shows. It has all sorts of inside jokes, really, really thorough inside jokes. Some of the characters can be a little annoying at times, and it takes a little while to adjust to it. But it ends up being a really good show, uh, and you know, just some good, thoughtful, you know, emotionally affecting episodes. There's an even episode where they go back to Deep Space Nine, like you know, several years after the show ended, with actors from the show playing their roles, and it just, you know. And it's just they do some fun stuff, and some of the jokes are are actually quite funny. So, if you feel like giving another shot, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, you know, just some of the characters will always drive you crazy. But hey, one of them is played by Jack Wade, so it's okay. We like Jack Wade. I should have finished the boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, number thirteen, lower decks. Jamie, to quote Star Trek, Dan, I shall consider it. All right, Jamie. Yes. <laughs> And it's and you know they're not long episodes, so you know. Jamie. Okay. All uh, right. Speaking of uh, Taika Waititi, uh, 
What we do in the shadows is my number 13. Now, here's where I'm going to throw in the juxtaposition because where you guys had a few complaints of this season, well, I wouldn't say complaints, but we, we had complaints of the season. I'm going to say was one of the strengths of the season. This crew managed, just, if you just think about the concept, they took the body of a child and digitally replaced its face with that of an adult. And they were able to run this gag through an entire season and actually have one of the most developed storylines through the season that they've had. Um, and it, if you have a preteen, like my preteen, <laughs> like the one I'm currently raising, um, it's like the season was talking to me the whole time. So like the scene where he's in the car and he's got them all trapped in the car and is talking about Minecraft, like these little moments when he's smashing holes in his wall and he's just angry and they can't figure out why he's so angry. There's just, there's so many moments of like raising an angsty kid that is in this. That is just, it's, it's just hilarious. I don't know. I thought it was a great season and I, 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 I would say it was my favorite season. There you go. I know. Don't gag, Scott. It's okay. Don't gag. I wasn't going to gag. I was waiting. I I, fig- I figured you would given Dan enough opportunities to take a few shots there, so I was going to let him <laughs> go. For yeah, it. No, I, I you know, I, you know, I I don't really think that she has to love Colin Robinson to prove she loved her son, but it's okay. I'm not going to argue with her parenting style. So, good job, Jamie. No, but I no, love- the coming from that coming from that uh, mindset, I can see why uh, it would appeal to you, and and I, I thought those jokes were funny too. I just you know, um, yeah, uh, I, I I could I could see that. I, I think it's a lame reason, but you know, but but if but if you want to admit on on a podcast that you are raising your child to be an emotional vampire, that's also cool. Hundred percent, a hundred percent, absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah. In a in a not similar vein, except for the fact that I always like the idea of the number thirteen having some sort of more of a supernatural element to it, and since we already used up evil, my number thirteen will be the show the series Wednesday. Love Wednesday. Uh, J- uh, J- Jenny Ortega just spent you know twenty something minutes talking about it on the previous podcast, so there's not really much more for me to say about it here. Um, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Um, I, although I needed people to stop giving Tim Burton all the credit for the show. I was like, no, 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 stop it. He's not the creator. He's not the writer. <laughs> he directed four of the episodes, which is, um, that's, and there's something to be said for that, but it's not his show. It's not his show. And, he's not and the one FYI, who did, and he's not the one who did the Adam Family movies either. That was Barry Sonnenfeld. They yeah. were not Tim Burton things. The, the only thing with right. Tim Burton is that his, his stylings and his artist, his specific art style is very similar and definitely is inspired by the work of Charles Adams. That would be his major connection there to the go. Adams family to begin with. Um, it, it was just, look, I'll say one negative thing, but not about the show, just about everybody else in the world. Okay. <laughs> all you people, all you, all, all you, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, look, I'm, I'm the one cursing tonight, not you, Dan. All you fucking TikTokers out there, I don't need to see yes. one more Wednesday dance. But if you're going to do it, 
stop using the Lady Gaga sped up track song from like 10 years ago, since that wasn't what was used on the show. Yeah, that's weird. Why would you do that when you had something so magnificent at your fingertips? Yeah. It, it, the cramp song, the Google, perfect. Plus, she, that character, would never listen to a song like that song by Lady Gaga. And I, I have no problem no. with Lady Gaga, by the way. I have no, I actually, actually don't mind. I actually enjoy her stuff. But it doesn't make sense. It does not no. make any sense. And it no. bugs me because, you know, I wanted to see the cramps get as much of a boost to their stuff the way uh, Kate Bush did from the Stranger yes. Things using it. And they did. Don't, don't get me wrong. The cramp song did, has gotten a, a huge boost on, you know, Spotify and whatever. It turns out someone else got the right and is getting the money, whatever. But it's still at least it's it's exposing the cramps to a new audience, I think. But it just pisses me off the whole Lady Gaga thing. It's just like, ah, and the, and most of them are really they do they kind of do like choreographed dance. Like, no, no, it's a one person dance. It, it's not meant for like five people to do it in a row. You, you're you're missing. Yeah, this point. isn't thriller. This isn't thriller. No. But anyway, really love the series. Looking forward, you know, it, it's looking forward to the second season. Um, a lot of fun. I thought it was going to, again, that's when I thought was going to make my top 10, but then when I started compiling, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff last year. So it, it just misses here at number 13 for me. Okay. Well, before I get into my number 12, um, Scott's rant there's made me decide to have the Lady Gaga Tony Bennett special from 2021. We will now knock Kenobi off my 2022 <laughs> list. So it is now on my list because it was really good. I have a lot of respect for Lady yes. Gaga and the way she was just, just such a class act. Not my kind of music. I mean, that, that kind of music's my kind of music, but, but I'm just like such, such respect for this person. So fuck those TikTokers. Fuck uh, Kenobi. But that's now number 20 on my list. So the show from 2021. So now in, real, in reality, my number 12 is Murderville. And as somebody who watched like six seasons of Bojack Horseman this year, uh, for some reason, I can't get enough well on it. But let me tell you, Murderville, totally different show than Bojack Horseman's later seasons. And, uh, it's just a great show. I, I, I saw, uh, like yesterday that there's a Christmas special for Murderville, which I haven't seen yet. I need to watch that. So, but yeah, just a great show. Laugh out loud, funny. Just such a weird concept for a show, and just, just you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It just came out of nowhere, and I I had no regrets watching any of it. I I've actually watched the uh, the Christmas special, the the Who Killed Santa <laughs> in Murderville. Um, they do a nice thing for anyone. If you haven't seen the, the series, it doesn't matter because they open the episode explaining the whole premise. How they they're gonna they bring in these celebrities who and they're not told anything. They're to the point where they're actually actually brought in. I think they're blindfolded up to a point so they don't see anything until until they're brought to the set, and they just have to improvise. And everyone else is kind of knows what's going on, whatever. And the fact that they got Jason Bateman, I mean, you know the whole Will Arnett Jason Bateman thing, which has been going on for for years. I they, everything from their podcast to their talk show appearances to rest of development and how they go at each other. And Jason Bateman cannot keep a straight face. <laughs> and my Rudolph, the two of them, actually, and someone else who shows up who's a surprise, who I won't say who it is, um, but mm. it was unexpected. Um, no one can keep a straight face, and it's just, it's, it's silly fun. But I'm pretty sure that there wasn't much that gave me more pleasure in 2022 than watching somebody on Murderville trying to say with a straight face whatever alias that uh, 
Sean Pett's character was cooking up for them over a uh, earpiece. It's just, oh, I, uh, just unfucking believable almost every time. Just, just bonkers. So good stuff. So good job, Murder Bill. I think the Conan O'Brien one's still my favorite episode of that one. Because that's like the first one, but he's like so well suited for it. It reminds me of like watching comedians in cars getting coffee. There's been so many episodes, but I always go, yeah, but you know what's really the best one? You go back to the very first one, I think, was with Larry David. That's still like the best one. (laughs) Same with Conan O'Brien. Jamie, I'm sorry. Okay, guys. Well, I took the gamble for number 12, (laughs) and it's going to be House of the Dragon. So here's the deal. We did a Game of Thrones podcast. We talked about it. We know all the feelings. I know your feelings. We know all the feelings. But I was kind of willing to uh, to risk getting burned, as it were, uh, yeah. for a show about dragons burned. Burned, huh? and Matt Smith. Um, this cast was just – the cast was great. It, it was fun. It was entertaining. But more than anything um, – I just the standout performance of Patty Considine. Uh, he it was just like dra- dramatic theater in every scene he did. He was just he was just so beautiful in it, and it was um, it, it, instead of being a story about a kingdom that you know and a family that's falling into ruins. I just saw this story about a man who is who is a king, but he's just trying to be a dad. He's just trying to be a dad and failing as a king. And uh, season one was great. I I can't say with what it's going to bring. We've 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 had problems in the past. We'll see, but I I really enjoyed this season. I'm not gonna beat you up for it. I, it's on my list. It, it, it's number thirty nine on my list actually. So it finished it finished one spot ahead of Ozark, and one and one and, and, and one behind and the, the sand. I watched it and I I bailed on it multiple times, and Jamie kept forcing me to watch more of it. And then the show actually, the show did actually get better. And then, just to drive her crazy, I refused to watch the season finale until the week before the next episode airs. So I don't know how the season ends yet. But the few episodes before that were actually showing marked signs of improvement. And Uh while it's not a, you know, it didn't make my list, I didn't regret watching the episodes that I watch, or being a pain in the butt not watching the finale yet. I I I I actually spent a couple minutes talking about it on the uh, the little bonus podcast, but uh, to sum up, I liked it. Um, I I find it I find it interesting. My problem with you know what my problem sometimes my problem with shows like House of the Dragon or Game of Thrones tends to be more it, it comes less about the show and more about the fans. And a lot of the fans and some of them yep. are great. A lot of them are great people. You know, yep. uh, but. The way they approach these shows and the way they talk about them can kind of irritate me to a sure. certain degree. And look, I know about coming from a geeky fandom. I'm, 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 I have my own, you know, whatever. Except here's a difference. If I'm watching a show, like say, like I'm geeky about superheroes, for example. So like, you know, whatever, The Flash or something like that. But even though I know things about that character that have happened in the comics over the years, I also know that that's what happened in the comics. That doesn't necessarily mean anything for the show I'm watching. It didn't happen there, so I can't think of it that way. The problem I have with a lot of the fans is the way they talk about the sh- the way they used to talk about Game of Thrones up until a point, and the way they're talking about this is everything they're talking about is things that we have not heard or seen on the series. They're just using the backstory of what they know from the books to inform them of what they're talking about. And my problem with that is like, but you don't know if that's really part of the series. 
if it hasn't been done or said on the series, you can't say that. You can't expect it to be beholden to that as canon, you know, and and it kind of just annoys me because it they give the show much more heft and, and importance than I think it merits sometimes. I think House of the Dragon is actually good. It's different from Game of Thrones because it's damn simple. It's basically mm-hmm. one story. Yeah. We're really yep. following, you know, and maybe two locations, whereas Game of Thrones was like, you know, a whole lot of story threads going all over the place, whatever, we had to keep track. This was like, okay, I can kind of see what this is, whatever. I like that the, the performance you, uh, Patty Considine is, is, you know, the standout absolutely, um, of the show. Um, and it's funny because I actually saw one of the other actors in a show that I'll be talking about later is like, Oh, I know who she is. And I could, and uh, damn, I could actually be, I actually remembered the name of her character, but I can't remember oh. the name of the actress. <laughs> 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 which, which, if you remember Game of Thrones, I tended to screw up the names of the characters. Um, I think the yeah. character is Allison Hightower. Is that her name? Is it um, yeah. Olivia? Is that that I, you're talking I, about? I, I have no idea what her name. The one yeah. that the the the, 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 the Olivia cream... Cook. Yeah, that's probably who it is. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, I can't and watch. honestly, I I, I I I enjoyed Matt Smith in the show too. I, I yes. I've seen a few things before, and I just. You know, he's not a, not an actor I have a huge attachment to, but he just looked like he was having a hell of a time playing that character, and he was playing it well, and I just yeah. enjoy seeing his performance. So, just kind of... I was going to say, Matt Smith, I hated him on The Crown, but I did like oh, him yeah. on House of Dragon. And and I had yeah. no, I've never seen Doctor Who or any of that stuff, so I, I wasn't yeah I knew who he was, but I wasn't familiar, I hadn't really watched him act before. I think I maybe I think there was one other British series I've seen him in, whatever. And I just despise I just did not think he was good <laughs> on the Crown, um, but yeah. he's very good on this. I will grant you, he is very good on it. So, even yeah, though that that old storyline's kind of actually there's a lot of storylines like that on that show. But, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's you know, like I said, it's Dallas with dragons. Anyway, so or or actually more like Dynasty with dragons. So number twelve <laughs> for me, and the more you think about it, the more you know I'm right. The more you know I'm right. Number twelve is the Umbrella Academy season three, what Jamie mentioned earlier as the what that was one of your near misses, right? Um, yep, yep. I I I I just love the show. Um, this was this show was one of the two. This show is one of the two things that inspired me to start another podcast because of the Footloose number that opened the, the first episode of the yes. season. Which, I, oh, by the way, and I, and I said it on the Footloose podcast, but for anyone who hasn't listened to that, by the way, you really should. It's a really good fucking podcast. Um, the choreography and to the, basically the almost the entire song of Footloose in the Umbrella Academy episode, you know, season one, season three, episode one, is better than anything that's actually in the Footloose movie. Because there are, the, the ending, I was very kind of like, oh wait, we're gonna get, is it, we're gonna get the whole choreographed number? Like, it's gonna be like what I, what we did in Umbrella Academy. And then, like, then you got, eh. like, oh, it's much better in Umbrella Academy. So, <laughs> so take that, 80s. Anyway. Take that, will you? <laughs> but anyway, um, I really enjoyed season three. Um, I believe I even podcasted about it, if I'm not mistaken. Although I think it might be our least downloaded listen to podcast this year. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> But I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I loved how they handled. I was very curious how they're going to handle a, the situation regarding a certain uh, performer and character, and I thought yes. they did a fantastic job. Yes, they did with that, and it worked so well. So yes. kudos to to everyone involved in that. They it, 
it, it ended up just working for the series even better than I could have expected. And definitely looking forward to the fourth, and I believe it's the fourth and final season. I think they said the fourth season yeah. will be the final season, because at least Netflix renewed that. Anyway. <laughs> Dan. All right. My 11th show of the year is the first half of the first season of the rebooted Quantum Leap show. It took me a little while, to, and you know, I have no idea how many episodes are going to be in season uh, one, <laughs> but... I just, you know, there there is enough in the first one, so I didn't really know uh, what was uh, how the show was going to be going in. My primary enjoyment was just kind of hassling Scott about it uh, by constantly referring to it without even really paying any attention to it beforehand, just because you know I'm a pain in the ass. But it took me a little while to 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 uh, dig in to, to really like you know get a feel for the show. But the more I watched it, the more I liked it. The performances are solid. And you know what? It, it feels like a, you know, a network show more than like a prestige, uh, whatever show with the, some of the performances and stuff like that. But it works. It's, it's good. They're doing some deep dives with some quantum leap history. And it was one of my favorite shows back in the day. So I feel they've been respectful without being super cheesy. I like the fact that the lead, I, I recently saw an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where a convenience store gets robbed and they all uh, behave, they all envision how they would react in horrible ways. And he's the guy getting robbed at the convenience store. So I enjoyed noticing that uh, this year. His voice is very distinctive, but he's been good in the role. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, actually, I think it came back yesterday or, or maybe today or tomorrow. It's close. This is the, the, the mid-season hiatus is over and the, the season will continue. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. It's been better than I would, better than I anticipated. That came that came in number sixty one on my list. Nice. Oh, you actually watched it. Nice. I did watch it. I did watch. It. I, I every basically I agree with what you said. My my only issue with the show and why maybe it it's further down my list. Um, I I just don't find I I like all the performers on the show, um, and it's it's an unfair comparison. I know. But I don't find the main, the lead and, or the two main leads as interesting or compelling as the people who came before. And there's a certain, yeah. there's a certain repetitive nature to how he's been dealing with the problems in each time period, which has kind of bothered me a little bit. But yeah. overall, I like it. I'm going to, I'm going to, now that it's coming back, I think you're right. I think it does come back this week. I, I do plan to continue watching it. I'm hoping that they do somehow convince Bacula. To come back because it feels like that's where the trajectory of the show is headed. Yeah, that's what, this whole thing. I think that's sort of like that's where we're going with this. Eventually, you just have you just figured you'd eventually convince this guy to come back. So you just gotta, I don't know, throw some money at the guy. <laughs> He'll come back. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, he did do an episode of Always Sunny. He could come that's back true. to his own show. Oh yeah. And he was on Star Trek Enterprise for four seasons. Yep. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, you got it. You roped it in. <laughs> you know, I, I was waiting, and I was thinking, I, <laughs> that, that's too. It, it's too easy because he he likes the more esoteric ones. No, that's, you know, that's, that's too much. Man, that was wrong. <laughs> Jamie. All Jamie's right, number eleven. My number eleven is going to be season four of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, this season was really fun. It got back to its roots. It's not like season three where you get stuck with these endless musical numbers. Um, and then we really dig into the story arc of Lenny Bruce. Um, you were talking, Scott, about if we were to do like the top 10 episodes 
this year, I feel like uh, How Do You Get to Carnegie Hall would be one of those episodes. Um, it's just exceptionally moving. It's heartbreaking, especially if you know where uh, his story is heading. But the sets are beautiful, as usual. The wardrobes are beautiful. Uh, and it's got all of the good jokes. <laughs> that finished number 52 on my list. Uh, I agree with, I, I basically agree. I mean, obviously I'm not as effusive about it as you are, as you, but, uh, I essentially agree with you about it. I, I did, I did like it better than season three, uh, which I had some issues with. Um, the Lenny Bruce stuff is by far the most interesting stuff on the show for me. Um, especially, yes. especially with what, especially if you know basic history. Um, the fact that the show, that for me, the time period, it's New York, they're Jews, I should love this show. This show should be in my top <laughs> five, and it's not, which bothers me. But the entire not. season basically took place in a burlesque strip house. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, even though I kept thinking, wait, they brought in the guy who used to be on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and he didn't really do much. And I kept thinking, you're wasting an, um, an enormous yeah. talent there. But whatever. That I, that wasn't why I knocked it down to 50. 52, I don't even remember where the other scene I don't, don't know what I said about the previous season, whatever. Um, I just feel, yeah. Whatever. I, 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 I like the show. I think it is. Was that the final season? Or are they coming back? I don't know if they're coming back. I don't think they're coming I'm back. I'm not sure. I think they said that might have been it. I don't know. Well, I, I, find I out. thought we were, I thought we were getting a five, but it has been a hot minute since I have looked for any updates. Yeah. I have a, I have a weird feeling we're not, but I'm not sure about that. Um, I guess my other problem with the show is just, I think after the first season or two, they kind of didn't know really what to do with her parents. And they came up with something with the mom, which is fine. But I also think Tony Shalhoub's been kind of wasted for the last couple of seasons. And to me, that's that's like a national tragedy if you're wasting Tony Shalhoub. But that's but she's but she's but she's lovely, you know. And I like so much else about it. So it's a good choice. And uh, the Google says that the Google there is going to be a season five. It just wasn't going to air in twenty two. Oh, okay. Excellent. All right. Why did I? I could have sworn I heard. All right. Well, maybe it's because the season itself felt like it was, it was like, wait, that's the entire season? Because we got, wasn't it like a shorter season then? Like eight episodes? It was shorter. It was only eight episodes. Yeah. Yep. That was it. It just felt like a short season or something. Okay. So my number 11, uh, again, going to the, oh, Jamie's almost made it list. <laughs> and it's the one that I podcasted <laughs> with Jamie. <laughs> wait, that's not a, that, that didn't, that didn't hit the ear right in. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it would be the show that Dan should have kept on watching. <laughs> yeah, the, he should have. The Boys, season three, um, just missing the top ten. There's so much about the show that really shouldn't work, and we and we should be burned out on it. Be like, oh, look, they're being so subversive, and blah, blah. <laughs> and yet, you know what? Here's where I think the people who say that are missing the boat. Yes, you can say, yeah, we've been going through this well with a f couple shows like this and Invincible, and this has been kind of been going around for a while, so you can go back to Watchmen and whatever else. Mm -hmm. But what makes this show work so well, and why I think you and I are fans of it, and apparently Dan is also a fan of it as well, is like, it's, I hate, this, I hate to be cliche here, it's the characters, stupid, and they do what yep. they've done... With each successive season, they've done a remarkably good job 
of building up characters from where they first came. And either they're heinous characters like Homelander or 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 the or Jack Quaid's character or or pretty much or pretty much anyone you can see how the character has evolved and i've really been enjoying that i also love that you have these very different personalities and every once in a while i like that they kind of like they mix things up a little and they they they, they throw people together that you don't see together that interacting with each other that often and you're like oh those two are kind of interesting talking to each other i kind of like that yeah. interaction whatever and the, and then when you add in the whole soldier boy storyline that i mean i was not i mean i've read up a lot on the comics by preparing for the podcast and um and i was definitely familiar with the writer that comes from his other work um but i knew that soldier boy was basically a warped version of captain america you know going yeah. into it and i was like oh this is this is so much fun it's just pure bloody you know porny <laughs> fun yeah yeah i mean we had one of and this season had one of the most creative you know kills i think that we've <laughs> seen to date uh so there's that too <laughs> yes uh, as, as i think we talked about on the podcast uh many moons ago the fact that uh you had watched the first episode before i had i hadn't gotten to it yet but i had heard rumors that there was something that would make one a bit squeamish in the early goings yeah. of the first episode. Yeah, just a bit. So I'm watching that episode, and then all of a sudden, I kind of thought, "Oh no, I think I know what it is." And I, <laughs> and, and I stopped oh, it. I stopped it, and, and I was I contacted you, and it's like, you know, I might just fast forward a minute or two because if they're going to do what I think they're going to do, I don't really need to see that. I'm okay. And you were insistent. <laughs> adamant to like oh no no you're here buddy you're already here you're in the car we drove all this way but but here's the thing what's even worse if i'm and correct me if i'm wrong because i probably said it in text i think i thought they were doing one thing and the thing that they ended up doing was actually much much worse (laughs) (laughs) when i realized oh wait a minute that's not that's his oh no and everything got really small Yeah. yeah, so my number 11 is The Boy Season 3. Now we could go further. I certainly have some fun stuff planned before we resume our countdowns here. But checking the clock, we're already at the hour and a half point. We've actually passed that, quite frankly. So I made an executive decision here. So I'm going to wrap things up. My advice for the listeners... After you've listened to this podcast, if you go and check your feed, most likely one or two, hopefully, more podcasts will already have been released. You can therefore listen to the next podcast, which is the bonus one. It's about half an hour in length. That's me going over uh, my list from number 75 through number 26. And then look for the podcast that comes after that, which should also be roughly an hour and a half in length. That's where I get into those little fun lists, and then we all resume our countdowns for the rest of the best of 2022. And then towards the end, even though we're very tired at that point, we will also talk a little bit about all the new and upcoming 
shows, returning shows, of course, as well for 2023. Okay, so if you enjoyed this podcast, guess what? You'll enjoy hanging out on our Facebook page as well. It's the Serious TV Drama Podcast page. Like the page and join the conversation about shows like many of the ones we've already discussed here. You can find us on Twitter at STVD Podcast. That's STVD as in Serious TV Drama. You can find us on Instagram, Serious TV Drama, all as one word. You already know you can find us on most any podcast podcast platform, but better still, you can go to our entire archive of podcasts going all the way back to 2014. So it's like 366, 367, however many we're up to at this point. You go to stvdpodcast.podbean.com for those. Oh, I would also recommend you check out the podcast that I now do on with a different co-host every single episode. It's a podcast called Scott Forgot the 80s, where we discuss a different 80s movie for each podcast, all of which share one thing in common. They're a movie that I deliberately went out of my way to avoid watching over the last 40-something years. So thanks for listening, and look for the next podcast, where we will pick up the conversation. Where where are we going to pick up the conversation Oh, yes, I think you'll hear me trying to figure out if there's something wrong with my headphones before we get back into the the nuts and bolts of the podcast. Until then, have a great night or a great morning or a great afternoon, whenever you choose to listen to us. Bye-bye.